Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from The Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman. I will be joined in a moment by my companion, my compadre, my BFF, professional better, extraordinaire, Mr. Simon Hunter. Reminder, I'm the chief content officer of the Action Network. The Action Network is a company that focuses entirely on serving the sports betting fan. You need it. We got it. You want research. You want data. You want picks. You want analysis. We do it all on our website, actionnetwork.com. We do it all in our free award-winning app, Action Network app. Go download it. You can also listen to our Action Network podcast for NFL, our Big Bets on Campus podcast for college football. We got so much to talk about today. Simon, we're going to go over our Simon Says, which is you say it, we bet it. We're going to do every game on the slate, every single game. Reminder, we'll be back on Thursday. We'll narrow down the slate. We'll focus in on the five, six, seven bets that we love the most as we head into Sunday, which we will put in the Action Network app. My brother, what's going on, Simon? Chad, so much has changed in a week. I went from being the only guy with a first-place team to all of us have first-place teams in our own divisions, tied for first place, I should say. It's uh, it's the NFL. A lot of changing pieces week to week. Here's what's amazing. A week, you know, week one, underdogs winning, you know, everything's fantastic. For guys like us who tend to favor playing the underdogs anyways, it's brilliant, works out perfectly. The next week, you and I, we're all over the Eagles. We're all over the Jags. Um, we're all over Atlanta, Atlanta. Um, and we get our ass handed to us. I would say of all the losses, again, we can talk about our bad ones. The Colts money line and Vikings money line. The Colts should have won that game. Carson Wentz, his turnovers and decisions, the decisions he was making was the reason they didn't win that game. The Vikings though, the missed field goal. Oh my God. The Atlanta one, which will haunt us for a long time. They were down three with the ball in the third quarter. So I think there's three minutes left in the third quarter. Tampa Bay scored 21 unanswered points. Two pick sixes. You can't make it up. It hurts, but that's why we do a value-based job. And all these people who won all that money, all the uh, chalk bets all day, they lost it on the Chiefs. Well, I mean, you had a walk-off home run with the Ravens. So it's the life and flow of pro versus Joe. We're going to get the knockout blow at the end of the day. Yeah, you got to stick with your principles. That's the bottom line. Like, it's not all of a sudden like we're only going to bet favorites this week. We're going to go with the what the numbers are telling us and where we see the value. And, and you know, in the long run, if you're doing it right, if you're doing it the way that, you know, you and I have been doing it for years, then you end up enjoying your betting experience. You are the anomaly. You are the exception to the rule. You are the person who has turned this into a career. Most people are not. Most people shouldn't. Most people should just be thinking, I want to put a few bucks down on the weekend. I want to come out with more than I did at the end of the season. I want to break even at the end of the season. I want to enjoy the experience. That's it. If anyone thinks they're doing this to get rich, this was a very good weekend to explain why you don't do this to get rich. You do this to salt the experience, have a little bit more fun. Also, the NFL is getting more and more interesting. Because the era of, of go with your gut, cover your ass coaching is disappearing. And, and you saw it with the way the Eagles consistently went for it 
at the goal line on fourth and goal. It was costing us because we needed the points, but they were like, four, seven is worth more than three. I'll have this team backed up. You know, unfortunately for them, the Niners drove the ball 95 down yards down the field and scored a touchdown. But analytically, it was the right call. Miami, the same thing, continued to go for it on fourth and goal. The Colts continued to go for it on fourth and goal. The best worked out for us was the Ravens, John Harbaugh asking Lamar Jackson, do you want to go for this on fourth and one to end the game? Worked out great for us. But like, how does that make us rethink handicapping? How does it make us rethink handicapping totals? All this stuff when there is more and more analytics coming into play at the goal line on fourth downs. I believe it's even more of a reason to bet these money lines on these teams. Um, Tennessee was going to lose that game, but they went for it on fourth and 10. They got it. And not only did they cover the number, they won outright. If they didn't get it on that fourth down, guess what? They would have lost by seven. They wouldn't have covered any of the numbers. So as a value-based job, I, I find myself taking more money lines on these underdogs. Um, it did not work out for me a lot this weekend. Like that, the Atlanta one was such false hope where it was like they were down through with the ball. Detroit's money line was, I think everyone in America was behind that because that whole $25 bet kid where it was like, this kid was about yes. to turn $25 into $700,000. And first half, I was dancing. I was like, this is going to happen. Like Green Bay's defense overrated. Aaron Rodgers overrated. And they came on the second half, absolutely dominated Detroit and just completely blew that game out. So it, again, as much as the Joes won, um, they won some games, it, it was definitely a split week where, the pros won a little bit and the public won a little bit. It was kind of one of those things uh, that the dogs, the, the dogs showed up, but the big, big dogs, none of them won outright, which we need for survivor contests as well. Yeah. So we, we're going to have a very special review at the end of the podcast. Uh, reminder on Thursday, we'll get into survivor picks our five best picks, et cetera, et cetera. So listen up for Thursday as well. Um, the only coach not playing, the only coach who continues to play cover your ass football that would be Matt Nagy, who refuses to uh, admit what everybody else in the world can see, that Justin Fields should be the starting quarterback, because he says Andy Dalton will be the starting quarterback if he's healthy. We'll get to that. I promise you. First up, on the docket, Thursday night football. Bum, 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 bum. Carolina Panthers at Houston Texans. Game opened four and a half. Now, Texans plus eight. Massive home underdog with a team playing without its starting quarterback, which was the only reason really to even think about betting on this team against the Panthers team that now everyone in the world is going to be overvaluing because they did what we said they would do cover against the jets cover against the saints. I love this for Houston when it was to rot because this is typical. Like you just spoke about, we knew that Carolina's would come in flying high again, Texans played way better than I gave them any credit for. I thought Cleveland was going to really show up in that game. They, they didn't Houston hung in that game the entire time. You want to talk about Coach Blunders, though, you should watch this clip of the Texans head coach. He had a penalty and he accepted it, and he was he had a fourth and one. And instead of going for it, he punted in the middle of the field. So there's still some coaches out there that make these bonehead moves on fourth down. But uh, Well, I believe what he said was, I know there's a lot of analytics in football, but I got to go with my gut sometimes. And his gut told him to, instead of accepting, a, instead of declining a penalty and having third and 10, he accepted the penalty for fourth and one and then punted the ball. <laughs> yeah so it, a lot of we might be um we might be looking back on this texas team so remember how good they were for those first two weeks and then they just completely fell apart and i 
love that the pro in me is like staring at this and going, you got to take the seven and a half. This is overvalued. But because it's Thursday night, a lot of times I like to just think to myself, how how likely is it for this team to cover this number? And when we're looking at Carolina, you kind of alluded to it. This defense, they might be for real with Carolina. They might have one of the better defenses in the league. They completely dominate the Saints team. I know the Saints team are missing a lot of their coaches, but that that didn't look too fluky to me. The, the Carolina's game plan was really sound in that game. And Sam Darnold, your guy, he looked good in that game as well. And we're just looking about offense and the talent on both sides of the ball. I think there's a big advantage here with Carolina. Now you're taking Terod Taylor out and putting in, I think, a rookie quarterback for yep. Houston. I don't know what they're gonna what they're gonna go with, but if it's if it's the rookie, whoo, this is a bad situation because he's gonna get what maybe one practice this week before the Thursday game because it's a short week for this team. Not good, not good for uh, Houston here in an upset spot. So it'll be rare for me to do the chalky plays, but I'm gonna take this one here with Carolina. I'll take the minus seven and a half. I made this number eight. Yeah, it's a it's a Look, I love this Carolina team. Uh, I love Matt Rule. We started thinking about them last year. It's a little bit like the Dolphins two years ago where we knew the Dolphins in the sort of last 12, 13 games of 2019, they were a team you could make money on. You could see in the effort. You could see in the way they were playing defense. You could see the way Brian Flores was coaching. They were going to be undervalued all year. I felt that way about Carolina last year. I thought we'd get a longer time period to enjoy some value on Carolina. I thought we got, I think we got two weeks and that the ship has sailed on that. And it's going to be funny looking back where not that we're going to say Carolina and Denver both can start three and zero, but it's looking that way. One of these teams is going to completely fall apart because you're looking at the schedule. It goes, okay, Denver is going to be the giants. They beat the Jaguars. Now they beat the jets and then Carolina would beat the Texans. They would beat the saints and they would beat the jets. So it's uh, it's a hard, it's hard to gauge these three and teams where Carolina or Denver. It's kind of pick your poison there. One of these teams is going to fall off massively, and I honestly feel more confident in this Carolina team just because of the division they're in. Where at Denver, they're in a way harder division. So people are looking at either team to ride and fade later on the season. I'm going to definitely be fading Denver later in the year. All right, good to know. This is going to be one of the most bet games of the day. Los Angeles Chargers at Kansas City Chiefs. The Chargers are six and a half point underdogs on the road at Kansas City. The first game on the Sunday slate. Everything in my bones is telling me I want to take the Chargers here. We love the Chargers here. The Chiefs are a great team. They're going to win a lot of games this year. Chiefs don't cover and they don't have a defense to cover with. They are always going to be open to a back door. This team could be run on. They can be passed on. It's nerve wracking. I, I don't know what the Chiefs are going to do. They're always going to be susceptible to a good run team. The Chargers coming off last week, that kind of felt like one of those, again, the bounces just didn't go their way. They scored a touchdown to take a 21-17 to 17 lead, and they disallowed a touchdown. And they, they go back. I think they end up missing the field goal. Cowboys drive the field. They kick a field goal. They win the game. It, it's sickening, but that's that's how it goes. And the Chargers team is not going to be as bad as the public's going to precede them. And the Chiefs team... As I do see them to bounce back and win this game, this is way too big of a number. This should have been four and a half, especially in a divisional game. You're getting two to three points, especially if this goes back up to seven on this Chargers team. So it's a pro pros versus Joe game. And as a professional in a divisional game, you, you take this big dog here, especially when it has a quarterback that we believe in in Herbert. What do you have this uh, rated at? Four and a half. You do. So so it's it's one of my bigger value games on the board. Wow. Again, Kansas City's always a little bit overvalued. 
just because of Mahomes. He he's he should be overvalued. He's by far the best quarterback in the league. Total on this is uh, fifty five and a half. I I, I lean under because it's divisional where it, it, both these teams are going to know each other. I think last year when they played each other, it was like a fluky game where um, the Chiefs won like 15 to 14. It was just really low scoring back and forth. It was Herbert's first like official start. And uh, they, they they went toe-to-toe last year and played them well. So, again, I, I, I like the way the Chargers match up with this Chiefs team. I will say that Justin Herbert hasn't looked as good as he did last year meaning he made some pretty bad mistakes in that Cowboys game, interception in the end zone. The week before, he had made bad mistakes against the Washington football team through an interception in the red zone towards their goal line. In it, against, the, against the Cowboys, they couldn't come back from it. Against the Washington football team, they got lucky and were able to come back from it. That does have me a little bit concerned. It's, it's not good. Uh, there's, no, there's no word for that, but if you look at his third down rate, though, there's few players better in the league than if you have a third and 10, he's going to get you that first down. So I'm just never going to feel out of this game with Herbert. Herbert just, again, they're, I think they won their first game by four points and they lost last week by three points. They're always going to be in these games because I do believe him as a quarterback. But yes, these, these red zone turnovers are nightmarish for uh, Herbert backers. Do we think this will be one of the games that we're talking about on Sunday as our five best? Are we going to two weeks in a row bet against the Chiefs for our lungs? We might have to because if you've just faded the Chiefs, I think it's like nine last – the nine last games they played in, they have not covered, I believe, or maybe it's eight. Uh, they've just been overvalued, and Vegas is happy to do it because the public keeps betting the Chiefs. So if this if this stays above four and a half, five, Chad, it's likely we're going to have it in the contest. Oh, brother. Or our oh, five picks. Man. It's so hard to bet the NFL. You got to bounce back so quickly. You can be depressed on Sunday night. By Tuesday morning, you have to be rallying. If not Sunday night, you got to be rallying because these lines are coming out. You got to get the best of the number. Chicago Bears at Cleveland Browns. My beloved Bears on the road. Numbers barely moved. Seven and a half point dogs on the road at Cleveland. Justin Fields, we hope he will be the starting quarterback. I thought he looked great. I thought he made great throws. I thought he did the typical things that rookies do held onto the ball too long, but he is so fucking fast around that corner and he can make the throws that you need to make in the NFL, accurate, not afraid, um, really strong arm, but this feels high. And this, and this number feels high to me. It was like a pro trap that we're walking right into. Cause I immediately saw this line. I loved it. Bears seven and a half with this defense. I just feel comfortable taking this team. We were up 20 to three and we had to sweat out 20 to 17 game because a couple little mistakes happen here and there and the field's interception in his own uh, back of the end zone. It's little things like that that make you nervous with the Bears. But just going strictly off the number, why Why do – I don't know. It feels like the bookmakers know exactly what they're doing making this 7.5, that they know the public will happily take the 7.5 because people just don't believe in the Bears. And they know the pros are happy to take that 7.5 where they're both looking at this defense and they're saying, this defense can keep them in this game against Cleveland where – I don't really have faith in Baker. Uh, Baker has not shown me in two games that he is really the type of player to have faith in. And I think a lot's going on that we're not talking about in his head right now, this contract. And it's, I know it's like one of those things where people are like, oh, he probably doesn't really care and think about the money. I, I have to say, it kind of seems like he is. He seems like he's pressing a little bit and he's making throws that they're just not within the system. It's the fantasy set up for him. So 
it could be Fields' first start on the road. It's a little scary with that. It's a rookie making his first start on the road. But at seven and a half, this big of a number, again, I don't know if it's going to be one of our best fives, but I can promise you come Sunday, this is a game I will be betting on for the Bears. What's your number? Six and a half. So it's not that great of value. It's a, it's a point, but still, that's 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 a fair number, six and a half. I, I think as long as you're getting seven and a half with the Bears, you, you kind of have to take it. Yeah, I mean, you're going through a key number. The point going through a key number is worth considerably more than it is if you're going from, you know, a couple of dead numbers. So that has to be taken into consideration. This feels like a game, I almost want to put it out of my head. I don't want to be thinking about this game as a game we're going to bet because something about it doesn't feel right. That Like there's no instinctive edge. Everything you said is true. There's too many X too many factors variables. going against both teams for me to feel like I have it other than your number, which is a point of value, but I'm not going to feel that confident about it. Very big challenge. Arizona Cardinals at Jacksonville Jaguars. The overvalued Arizona Cardinals on the road who opened as two and a half point favorites against the Jags. Now that number is at seven and a half. We are going to be forced to bet the Jacksonville Jaguars again as massive home underdogs against a team that was a field goal away from being one and one. And when this, if that, if that field goal goes in, this number is probably six, right? So, cause that field goal by the Vikings did not go in. This number is now seven and a half. The Jags are terrible. Like urban Meyer is awful. He doesn't know what he's doing. It, it was a disgusting display against a Broncos team that should not have covered that game. A game that the Jags could have stolen. Tell me why I'm betting this game. I'm so sorry, people, you have to do this, but you have to bet the Jaguars. This is, uh, it's not fun. It's not going to be an enjoyable game, but it's just like the Colts last week. Even people that watched that entire Colts game can't tell you how they covered the three and a half against the Rams, Um, but they did. And that's the kind of same situation here with the Jaguars. You have a home dog. Even me and Chad don't want to bet on this team because we're so burned from them from last week. I mean, ridiculous. I, I, Trevor Lawrence, I should have stuck to my gut. I, I remember watching that preseason game. And I said, I don't, there's something about it I don't like about hit, about Trevor Lawrence. And man, he was awful in that game. I, I'll have to go through the numbers, but he had one of the lowest, lowest accuracies of all the quarterbacks in the entire league. He had thrown some of the least catchable balls of all the quarterbacks in the league. And a lot of red flags with Urban. Urban Meyer's adjustments, his second half adjustments are just not good. Um, the man truly might be overwhelmed here. So we are going to talk about this game a lot. Um, I already know this is going to be, you know, this is this is going to be typical games where I'm going to hate it all week and then probably end up putting a lot of money on it come Sunday. But as we sit here on Tuesday, I cannot tell people to bet this game now. I can't tell people to put this in their uh, best five picks. Um, too too many things going on right now to really bet this one. Where I took the seven and a half just because I'm worried it might go back to seven. But now is the you know that was Sunday night. Now that it's Tuesday and it's just sat there this whole time, I don't think you need to rush to take this number. So I, I wouldn't make it my Simon Says game of the day. We still got a Simon Says must bet. I'm surprised the Simon Says wasn't the Chargers. To be honest. It was, but I, again, I, I don't want to give these people say better right now because I think, again, that could go up to seven again. It, it's Got it. 
only the pros are going to be betting the Chargers. It's that's that's the public's going to be coming so heavy on teasers on the Chiefs because again, it's at six and a half points now. So you have a six point teaser. All you need is the Chiefs to win after they just lost last week. A lot of traps, Chad. So many traps. What do we think of the total on the Cards Jags? It's uh fifty one and a half. Love the over. Uh, I am a sucker for pain, just like we took the over with the Vikings and the Cardinals last week, and it might have hit in the first half. Um, Cardinals defense has problems. Uh, I, I know they looked like they were all world against the Titans, but it looked like that was just the Titans kind of beating up themselves. The Jaguars, we've seen they can move the ball, and Trevor Lawrence loves to turn the ball over. So we're going to have a lot of short fields, a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of points scored in this matchup here. So. I definitely will be on the over in this game. You know, if the, I know the public's going to come and have you on this over. I'm going to be right there with them. Yeah, right now the over is getting ridiculous. 74% of the bets, 96% of the money. Again, a little early. You can discount the money a little bit because it's a little too early. It could be pro money, but that is terrifying. 96% of the money. That's never good. Sometimes when we're doing this show, I feel a little bit like Steve Kornacki or John King in front of the maps. More votes are going to come in. It's going to balance out. That's kind of how I feel talking about the percentage of money in bets on a Tuesday as we head into a Sunday. Washington football team at Buffalo Bills. Wow. This number opened at seven. After the Bills' dominating performance against Miami, it's up to eight and a half. The total is 45 and a half. Here's my concern. The Washington football team, we were in love with their front four and their defense. They've kind of looked like shit the first two weeks. Yeah, I hit the the Bills right when it came out with a seven, but not because of the defense, because it's Heineke's first road start as a starter. Again, people forget this kid is undrafted, uh, undrafted quarterback. Love the way he plays. Uh, he had flashes in that game where he looks like a really good, comparable quarterback. And these other moments where he looks really bad. You're telling me this kid's making his first road start against the Bills, the Bills Mafia after that huge win last week. If they didn't blow out, have such a big win last week, I'd be all over this one for us. That's something giving me pause is it's never good to really take the team after they just won 35 nothing. It's usually the following week. It's not going to be as easy for them. But I have faith because I don't think Josh Allen looked great against Miami. 14 points in the first half. He wasn't throwing and making huge plays all over the field. This will be kind of a get-right game for him. This is uh, like you just talked about. The Washington front four hasn't really been doing much. It's just because their secondaries look so bad. I mean, Daniel Jones just tore them up passing it. And now you have a way better version a Josh Allen, who's everything the Giants fans could dream Daniel Jones would be. So we'll wait and see if it comes down a little bit. But right now, that's one of my few favorites that I like with the public here. I like the Bills. The Bills make me want to kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now. The Bills are making it happen now. But for now, we're not including it in our winnow it down for Thursday before we winnow it down for Sunday because the number's a little bit inflated. Yeah, and there's other favorites we like, we're going to like better. Ooh, I didn't know that. Right now, so far, just to remind people, we're trying to narrow it down. We usually like to have six, seven, eight games that we like heading into Thursday so we can come up with five after the Thursday pod that we are focused in on. And then on Sunday, we'll really narrow it down because oftentimes some lines move. And on Sunday, we decide what we like the best. I put those picks in the Action Network app so you can follow along there. Indianapolis Colts at Tennessee Titans. Indianapolis Colts not looking good. 
Carson Wentz, I still have no idea why you've ever believed in him, even though they paid us this weekend. He's got two sprained ankles. Who the hell knows what's going to happen with them? They're five and a half point dogs on the road, division game against the Titans. I think we misread these teams. I think the Titans are better than we thought. I think the Colts are going to be worse than we thought. Carson Wentz is just not a good quarterback. He was on his fourth string left tackle, Jeff. <laughs> I watched this game on Sunday both his ankles. Simon. He made every bad decision you can make. He never makes a good decision. They scored 24 points. But yeah, he holds on the ball too long. He, he's an idiot. I'm right there with you. He's still making mistakes that rookie quarterbacks make. Um, he has regressed completely from the year he almost won the MVP. So I can't fault you in what you're saying. There is there is no defense of Carson Wentz anymore. Another chalky play by me. I will be on the Titans here. I know they just had a big emotional win in Seattle. The Colts just have a lot of issues, man. You can say what you want about Carson. He was the best quarterback on that roster. They're going to take a step back at the quarterback position, whoever they put in there. I don't know if it's going to be the rookie or the second-year kid. Not good. Not good for the Colts. And the total... I liked it at first, like really heavy for the under, but now because it's not going to be Carson, it's making me a little scared because like, you know, these young kids could come in here and just start turning the ball over. Like we saw last week, Zach Wilson had four interceptions. Um, that's what they gave me pause. This was going to be my bigger bets this under because these guys usually play towards the under. So I'm going to wait and see um, where this number ends up and what the quarterback situation is. But uh, I don't really like either side that much in this, but my bigger bet in this would be definitely be towards the under. Did you see anything, you know, I think we've misread the Titans a little bit. I think they found some kind of success against the Seahawks. Overreaction. reminded them. What's that? Overreaction. Overreaction. They were down 14 in the fourth. Like, they just had a, I mean, if there wasn't taunting penalties, they never would have got back into this game. They got two first downs on one drive because of taunting penalties. So, again, things right. just didn't bounce our way, Chato. It's it's only week two. Don't overreact. You're, you're, I'm not, listen, I'm not overreacting. I'm reacting. There's a difference. There's a difference. I'm reacting. And I'm also, don't, don't try to say to me that I'm panicking. I am the least panicky. Come on. All right, everybody. That's what I'm talking about, guys. We've made a great effort so far. Let's just keep it up. That's right. We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure. We've got too far. There's too much to lose. We've got to just keep our composure. Was that no, am I not. panicking? You literally, you I've never seen you be more Joe public than when you text me Sunday night after the Ravens when you said, Fuck, we needed that. I'm just like, there's 16 more weeks, Chad. We don't need shit. We can go I own five the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'd feel terrible. Oh, no, 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 no. Listen, but guy, it's like, guy, listen, it's guy. a marathon, not no, a sprint. no, 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 no. Don't act Joe cool for the podcast right now. I know, even though you were sleeping Sunday night when I texted you, I know that you went to bed sweating and hoping you text me during the day on Sunday, getting upset about certain games. I don't, don't act like you're above it all. I am though. I literally, you know what happened, Chad? He threw a pick six, Lamar Jackson. I bet more on the Ravens. And then I went to bed. You're right. I went to bed and I got woken up by hundreds of people texting me saying, thank you. So I didn't get your thank you text. I got, thank God we didn't fuck that up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I forgot. Maybe my thank you text got lost in the, Oh, why the fuck do we keep betting the Falcons? When you said, <laughs> when you said, by the way, good, good transition. When you said on Sunday morning, we're going to put the Falcons in our best five. And if they don't do it again, if they, if they do what they did the week before, if they lose again, like they lost the week before, we never have to talk about the Falcons again <laughs> on a self-anointed by you Falcons podcast. Done with them. 
Atlanta Falcons at New York Giants. Fucking. Falcons are plus three on the road. Here's the thing. I'm back in. How do we not take the Falcons here? How do we not take the Falcons in this game against a terrible Giants team and a terrible Daniel Jones? I'm pissed we already missed the best of the number. It was three and a half. And I, I know. Three. This is why I hate our job. We have to take the Falcons here. This number should be three. We can wait. Maybe it goes to two and a half and we can take the Giants and try to fade the public because I think everyone has the same mentality as you. It's like this Giants team sucks. Everyone watched them Thursday night. I, I don't know what to think of this Giants team because it is the trap where Daniel Jones only plays good twice a year and it's against the Washington football team. So I, I'm with you. Um, I, I like the Falcons here, but I refuse to put them in our contests or our best five. It doesn't matter if they're, if they're, if they're underdog by 30 points to the Jets. We're not doing it until we see them actually show any signs of life. But it is 100% the right side. Right now, by the way, the percentage of the bets and the percentage of the money is all on the Falcons. Oh so my I agree God. with you. We're going to bet the Giants then. Yeah, yeah. Like this game is going to, the, the, the number is going to drop. It's going to go under three. At that point, you got to bet the Giants. God, thank God. Because I really don't want to bet. Like that was, I literally collapsed when they, when he threw that second pick six. I go, why, what is happening? What in the, the guy hadn't thrown a pick in like six weeks and he threw two pick six in the same game. You collapsed? Why, why are you getting so upset? We got 16 more weeks. What are you getting upset about? Because I bet real money. I bet real money. <laughs> Don't pull your double standard on me, okay? You panicked with the Falcons. It made you upset. I was excited about the Ravens. I stayed up way past my bedtime to watch it because I knew that my karma, my goodwill, could, could bring them to victory, and it happened. You're welcome. I did that for you, even <laughs> after you bet more money on the money line, on the Ravens. Because that's what I do. I want us both to win. You didn't need to watch it, though. I told you that was a guaranteed winner. That's right. I forgot about that. New Orleans Saints at New England Patriots. The Saints on the road. Oh, my God. This game has so much drama. You've got Sean Payton, Bill Parcells' disciple. Bill Belichick, Bill Parcells' disciple. Sean Payton, offensive genius, a coach's coach, a guy that everybody loves. Bill Belichick, defensive genius, a guy that everybody hates. Playing with a quarterback who makes no mistakes, doesn't throw the ball downfield against a quarterback who always throws the ball downfield, even into quadruple coverage, and he's falling backwards and he's on one leg and can't see where he's throwing it. Saints plus three. Really? You like the Saints? No, I hate this game. I hate the whole thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to, I just don't think we're going to take this because it feels like a really smart number. I had this game at three. I just go towards the home team here and I'll, I'll be on the Patriots. Um, but this isn't very, I don't see a lot of value in this game. Either team could truly win this. Jameis Winston, though, wow. He he really, really looked bad against Carolina. I know he's not that bad, but kind of gave me like PTSD flashbacks to his days in the Pampa Bay. And it's like, okay, maybe we maybe we did think um, he isn't exactly who we thought he was. I think he'll be better than he was against Carolina. But we have to trust Belichick at home here with this defense that he he has these guys ready for this kind of matchup. So we'll we'll take the Patriots, but there's not much value in this line. Total is 41 and a half, tiny, tiny number. The Patriots have played to the under in two games so far this year, about the same number. That's same with the Saints. Saints are 2 and 0 to the under as well. Yeah, but they also scored 38 points in one game. <laughs> yeah, but luckily Green Bay scored three. Yeah. Yeah, like the under, but it's it's these low totals are always scary where I don't I don't put a lot on them, but this is this is a good under matchup where 
Winston cannot show up again, and we just haven't seen Mac Jones really show that he can score a lot of points. He kind of just seems to be a game manager, not the kind of guy that's going to be throwing it downfield a lot. So, well, they're not letting him throw it downfield. I mean, and he's not he's not taking the chances to throw downfield. He's only looking for the checkdowns, the underneath, the five yards, instead of trying to get for fifty yards. What was interesting is because he did have a couple different times, like when I watched their game flow, he did have Aguilar on the deep deep throw. He didn't wait on it. He just took the easy check down to, to White, or he just like you just said, he's taking the lower throw. So that maybe that's more about Mac just not trying to lose the game than win the game. I think it's a hundred percent the instruction that he's getting. Yeah. Baltimore Ravens at Detroit Lions. All right. So the Lions played last night. It's Tuesday afternoon. We are looking at the Ravens visiting the Lions. Ravens right now looks like they're about seven and a half. I'm seeing a nine out there, but consensus line, line at FanDuel, Ravens minus seven and a half. Look, this Lions team is really interesting. I, I, they're playing with a lot more energy and passion and less incompetence so far in two halves than I thought we'd see. But then in two other halves, they're completely incompetent, right? The second half of the Niners game, amazing. The first half of the Packers game, amazing. Second half of the Packers game, first half of the Niners game, they look like a team coached by a guy who wants to bite kneecaps. So this team, Detroit, we're going to kick you in the teeth. And when you punch us, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right. We're going to take your other kneecap. Before long, we're going to be the last one standing. We finally get to see the Ravens play a bad team. It's been two weeks. They played Oakland, who I Las Vegas Raiders, who turned out to be a good team. Uh, they played the Chiefs, who we all think is a good team. Now they finally get the Lions, who we all know kind of suck. And we've seen it last year, the year before, the year before that. Lamar destroys bad teams. So it's interesting where this betting is kind of split a little bit. I think it's like right below 60% of um, the money and the bets coming in on the Ravens. Interesting, where I, I thought more people would be on the Ravens after such a big win, but I guess people really do like what they saw the Lions and said they could be competitive this game. Um, I think it's the other way. I think the the Ravens kind of uh, turned a corner there. Uh, people people gave it too much. We're like, oh, look, they look like they won their Super Bowl. Look how excited and happy they are, like going crazy. It's like, I mean, didn't we just see that with Las Vegas? We might have put too much into that where it's like, look at that win they had over the Ravens and they went into Pittsburgh and just absolutely dominated. I just want to put too much into them celebrating um, like other people are. I think that doesn't really matter as much. So as long as this stays below what I have it at, I have it nine and a half. I, I like this number for the Ravens. Um, the Lions are a good team that can can do some like do things where other teams aren't going to be able to handle where they have a big D line and they have a big O line. The Ravens are pretty much built the exact same way, but they have Lamar Jackson running that offense. So I love, I love, love, love the, um, the Ravens here. It's, we'll talk about Thursday. This might be one of our survivor picks because the Ravens don't have that many easy games coming up this year. This goes against everything we believe in. Yeah, with home dogs? Yeah. Can't always, can't always think. It's like we got smacked around last week about those home dogs. Where it was like, I, I, I told you before our games even kicked off, I said, Chad, I have way too many. I have way too much skew toward these home teams. I think the road teams end up going 11 of five against the spread. Um, I just don't get caught with that same situation where it goes, okay, Detroit is home. They have good fans, but does that really make that much of a difference to this? Probably not. They don't, they're the, the Detroit fan base has been through enough. Um, it's, 
it's one of those where I need to kind of pull back my fan theory that the fans really dictate and can change a game where it doesn't really look that way. It looks like these teams are just as fine running a silent snap count. They are snapping it out the line. So I know you're, I know you're saying here, Chad, I do love taking home dogs, but we can't take every home dog, right? We, we, we got to fade some of them. We can't take every home dog, but fading like a near a, a home dog and more than a touchdown. No joke. I don't think we've ever done that. I think like we we laugh at people who do that. You're calling me a square. This is a square play. We did with the Patriots against the Jets last year. I believe they won by 20. Fuck you and your memory. <laughs> right now, I should put a circle and a square around Baltimore and add it to our list of potential games along with the Chargers plus six and a half and the Jags plus seven and a half. That is a big, big number to be taking for the Baltimore Ravens on a short week on the road as more than a touchdown favorite. We still have not gotten to the Simon Says bet. I'm very excited to see what that is. By the way, the total on this game, 49 and a half. Over, 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 over. Lions, they can actually put up some points. I know they they kind of spun their tires there. They only scored, they scored 17 in the first half and then zero in the second half. They still look good moving the ball up and down the field. I think golf still makes the right decision around then. And we love Lamar against bad teams. The guy just scores so many points. Love the matchup. Cincinnati Bengals at Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Bengals are four and a half point underdogs here. Steelers getting everything right now. Again, early, a lot of precincts to report, but Steelers uh, getting all the money, all the bets. This is my Simon Says play of the week. Oh, God. Oh my God. I was, afra- I was so afraid you were going to say that. I I'm, so, just- I'm so oh sorry. Oh my God. Like I, the, give I me your logic. Give me some data. Give me something I can hang my hat on. Give me a reason to believe. There's a lot of trends that do go towards the Bengals side, but the biggest, the biggest glaring thing to me is just the injuries for the Steelers. Uh, they had a couple guys get hurt on the offensive line. TJ Watts hurt. They had another guy go down the defense. I think Deontay Johnson, the raw receiver, got hurt as well. This Bengal team is not that good. I'm with people. But neither is Pittsburgh. The, the offense has major issues. And I've seen it with, again, we talked all the time. I thought the Bengals made a big mistake taking the wide receiver over the offensive lineman. He's been sacked nine times now, Joe Burrow, through two weeks. That is not good, okay? This guy's coming off major knee injury. Now he's been sacked two weeks in a row. But what I did see from him is that never die attitude where this kid's going to keep slugging. He's going to keep throwing. This offense can move the ball. And I like it that they can move the ball much better than this Pittsburgh team where Pittsburgh's kind of feeling like they're one dimensional. They, they really depend on this run game and doing play action pass off that run game. Bengals don't have that problem. Joe Burrow can sling the ball up and down the field with ease. So four and a half in a divisional game when this number should just be three. I do. I really like the Bengals here, Chad. So this, this for me is my, my Simon says play of the week. Do you have it power rated at three? Yep. I had a power rated at three. What are the trends you've seen that you like? Uh, I saw a trend that I really liked that was about teams that lost that are now playing a road game. So it's back-to-back road games with the second game is a divisional game. So it was something like they, I'd have to check bet labs again. Cause I saw it um, Monday morning, but I might've 58% of the time. In the divisional thing, the team wins outright. And then it was like 65% of the time they cover. So 
this is one of these we, we just like taking the divisional road team here because this nine should be a much smaller than it is. But the public just saw Cincinnati lay a huge egg against the Bears. And with Pittsburgh, people still believe it. Like I, I kind of got caught up in the hype as well, where it's like, man, this defense, they're they're a real game changer. But with all the injuries, I mean, again, TJ Watt, that's that's by far their best player on their team. He was all over Josh Allen in that Buffalo matchup. Without him and without Bud Dupree, who left for a different team, that's just that's too much for the Pittsburgh to overcome. Oh, Jesus Christ, this makes me sick. When Simon says do it, when Simon says do it, we do what Simon says. This is when betting is the grossest. It's just terrible. All right, we're heading into the late afternoon games. First up, New York Jets. At Denver Broncos. Best in the league. Teddy covers Bridgewater. The look ahead line on this. Just saying, folks, the look ahead line, which is the line that was posted a couple weeks ago, was five and a half. This line is now ten and a half. God, I want to take the Jets so bad. Like so bad. We're not um, doing it. Can we can we luckily I made this line 10? Um, so the the sharps have come in, they bet it down from eleven and a half to ten and a half now. I don't need to touch it. I'll, I'll hopefully this game, this number will get to 10 so I can finally take Denver and at worst case, maybe get a push. But everything points to Denver here. Denver's D line alone skews this game totally, where the Jets have right now the great out is the third worst O line. Zach Wilson just being put into the worst of the worst situation. I, someone was talking about why, why didn't the Jets just keep Darnold and then draft the pieces around him? Okay. You guys needed O lineman. You need a wide receivers. There's so many things lacking where no matter what rookie quarterback they brought in there, it, they just haven't put them in the best, the best position to win. And this, this is a very big number, but this, again, this is one of these teams where me and you were going to talk about taking Denver for survivor. Cause this is a great, great opportunity. Their first home game against the jets. I cannot see Teddy Bridgewell and Denver losing this game. So we, we, we will be on the number if they get to 10, but we will definitely be, you know, this is probably gonna be our top two we'll talk about for our survivor picks. Yeah, I we're just gonna this will not be in the conversation for our final five. No, it's too big. It's too yeah. big. Miami Dolphins at Las Vegas Raiders. The Miami Dolphins, who have broken our heart, are four-point dogs. I'm incredibly disenchanted by this team right now. Really, I love Miami here. I need help, Chad. Christ. I know. I know. We what don't even know who's going to be playing quarterback for them. Who's going to be paying for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders? Their car, this, he might be actually hurt. And I jumped on this at four and a half just for that exact reason. I took the money line as well for Miami. He might be pretty banged up and they might not be letting on to how serious his injury is. Jacoby Brissett, he's healthy. I mean, he's not good for Miami, but he is healthy. Um, Ugly, ugly game. I know I'm going to have a hard time convincing you to put this in our five, but this is a classic overreaction. Miami's not as bad as they looked against Buffalo. Um, everything just went wrong in that game. Las Vegas isn't as good as people think they are. Are we sure Pittsburgh's really that good, or they just get lucky against Buffalo and they had a block punt and Josh Allen just couldn't figure it out? A lot. It's, a, it's just a big kind of um, – not that I'm at egg on my face, but this is like a this is truly a pros game. No, no one else is betting Miami unless they're a professional better. No, no one that watched football last week is going to say to themselves, "Oh no, this is the time to take Miami against Las Vegas." Like, 
Las Vegas, people, this is you, you've heard the hype. People are really starting to get all in on this Las Vegas team now that they're two and oh. I have to stick to the numbers, and I made this number three. I lean it towards three and a half if it's Brissett. That's like the scary part. There's not that much of a drop off between him and Tua. Um, but it's it's just too much overvalued with, with this Las Vegas team. They 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 are a very good, well-oiled team, but are they that good that this Miami defense, which we talked about, their strength is that secondary going against a team that their strength is their passing offense. It usually favorites towards that um towards that team with Miami. So I will wait and see with this one, Chad. I won't make you make a decision right now, but we like this a lot at four, four and a half with Miami. Simon says, absolutely bet the Bengals. And then he comes back and says, hey, by the way, I also think I want you to take the quarterbackless Miami Dolphins, who basically got shut out against the Buffalo Bills at home. You want me to take them on the road at Las Vegas? As I think about it, couldn't make more sense. I'm not a buyer on the Raiders. I I, I haven't been impressed. Like, I, I don't love them as a, as a, I haven't been impressed with how the Raiders are coached. Gruden usually falls apart in the second half of the season. So it might be, we might be a little too early to the party to be trying to fade him. Um, but man, have we seen it? His, is I think it's the last three years he's coached them. They have just fallen apart in the second half of the season. That's why I'm still fine with thinking that, you know, our, our our biggest Derek Carr investment was we we made Stakely's bet them to win the Super Bowl because we thought Watson was going there. But then yeah. we like we like Carr coming to the year. We bet him for his over of yards. And I think he's like up 100 right now. The closest guy in yards past this season. So we, we are we are fans of Las Vegas Raiders. But in this game, this matchup this is too big of a number for a team like this. So we, we, we will be on the Miami. What do you have at power rated at? Like I said, I had it at three when it oh, was yeah. Tua, and then I moved up to three and a half when it came out that's probably going to be Brissett. Um, Because I think Tua has bruised lungs or something like that, bruised ribcage. So it's uh, it's not looking good for Tua playing in this game. It's ugly. This next game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Los Angeles Rams. This game opened with the Buccaneers as one-point underdogs. It was a big to-do in the sports betting world. The Buccaneers are now one-point favorites. So much fun. This is by far the most fun game of the year, right? Yes. This is the best. Best matchup. Uh, the two most hyped up teams right now in the NFC are the Rams and the Buccaneers for good reason. Um, wow. That's that's surprising it's moved that much because um, I was going to say my favorite stat, Tom Brady. I think he's 28 and 12 as an underdog against the yeah. spread. I love that. Uh, you know what we're doing here, Chad. We got to take the Rams. Yeah. Home dog. Public's coming in heavy on the Buccaneers. Same reason I liked Atlanta last week. There, there's a lot of holes and weaknesses on this Buccaneers team in that secondary. They've just been banged up in that position. It's just bad luck right now. So the run scheme, the pass scheme that the Rams are going to do against our front line of the Buccaneers will make the big difference. But the biggest one is Stafford. I just have faith in Stafford with Cooper Cup, with Robert Woods. Man. They, they just look like a well-ordered machine right now with the Rams. And that last week, that was a trap game. They should have lost that game. If that was Jared Goff, they would have lost that game, no doubt in my mind. But we've seen Stafford. He's the difference maker for this team right now. So we know the Buccaneers are gonna, aren't going undefeated. They just aren't. Last year, they were the fifth seed for good reason. They just drop games every now and then. This feels like a game they're going to drop. And the fact the public's come in so heavy on them, it's even more of a reason to really like the Rams here. So I won't make you say it right now, Chad. But you know you like this for one of our fives. This is just 
again, a pros versus Joe's game. The pros are all going to be on the Rams here. So I I won't make you make the decision now, but come Thursday, I'm probably going to make you make one. I don't actually mind this one. You don't? No, I mean, look, I'm not a believer in Stafford yet. I think he still makes bad decisions. And I think that there will be a throw or two, no matter how bad the Bucs secondary is, where Stafford sort of forgets the context of the game. I still think getting the Rams, who are a solid team all the way around, and have a great pass rusher in Aaron Donald and a great all-world defensive back in Jalen Ramsey, this is, this is a good play as an underdog, and it might even go higher. It could get to one and a half. You don't know. Uh, I like this play. Love it. Let's let's uh let's like put it on your list then as one of our guaranteed five. I've boxed it. I don't know <laughs> guaranteed, but I've definitely boxed it. Okay. Um, totals fifty five. That's a biggie. Big over. I lean lean towards the over, but I won't make a play on this most likely. That's 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 a little rich for my blood. Seattle Seahawks at Minnesota Vikings. I gotta say it, Minnesota Vikings. The Seahawks are one and a half, two point favorites. The Vikings, as a home dog, feels juicy and delicious. I would love to call it free money, but it's Kirk Cousins. So I have to be careful with what I say. But it is the right side. You, you bet this every time, people. Every time. We have Minnesota coming off two games on the road. They are so incredibly better against the spread. At home under Zimmer, everything. The defense always plays better. The offense always plays better. That place is going to be loud. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, I get why people are betting Seattle. You expect Seattle to bounce back after that embarrassing loss. I think they were like uh, 15-0 or something crazy like that in Seattle when they have a 14-point lead or 15-point lead late in the fourth. I'm going to fade that bounce back. I think Minnesota actually bounced back after that missed field goal. Or we could be completely wrong. Minnesota's season is completely tanked because of that missed field goal. Like their team just giving up, but we have to take Minnesota at home. Their first game at home under Zimmer, you always take Minnesota at home in this position. So love, love this one, Chad. I'm really hoping it gets up to two and a half. It's the public is going to be coming in very heavy on the Seahawks in this game. Yeah, it's all, it's all Seattle money and bets right now. And again, very early in the week, all precincts not reporting, but this will be a game come Thursday when the money and the bets start to round out a little bit, the numbers come more into shape. We are a hundred percent going to be looking at the Vikings because you know why we're sharp. We love Lizzo. Uh. <laughs> Green Bay Packers at San Francisco 49ers. Right now the spread in this game, uh, Packers plus three and a half. We are getting a lot of comments on the Twitter sphere about our uh, lack of willingness to back the Niners. Really, people, because this is my big ball is better of the week. Big balls, better the week. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> what is it? Love, love, love the 49ers in this position. Congrats, Aaron Rodgers had a big win on Monday night. Everyone's feeling good. Everyone's all happy, having fun with him on Twitter. No, this is this is when you fade Aaron Rodgers after that kind of win. I don't like people talked about how he can't win in Florida. This dude cannot win in California, let alone against the 49ers. He never plays well against the 49ers. We love Kyle Shanahan's run block scheme against this Green Bay's defense who cannot stop the run. Even Detroit is running all over them. Man, it, it, again, 49ers, they, they escaped one last week against the Eagles. They, they definitely should have lost that game. 
but it was all because I felt like this was a good look ahead spot for them. And turned out the Eagles were looking ahead towards Dallas because that was like, you score three points at home late into the fourth quarter where the Eagles did. That's embarrassing. This is the other way. 49ers, they did what they had to do to win that game. Now, I mean, people are going to be going crazy thinking to themselves, wow, I'm getting Aaron Rodgers plus three and a half on the road here. It's, it's sometimes it feels a little too easy. Like the sports books do the work for us. And that's, and this instinct feels like that way where you're, you're getting a good number and the public's coming in very heavy on green Bay. As long as it stays under four with the 49ers. So if it's going up to minus four, I would still take it, but I wouldn't put in the, uh, our best five picks. If this stays at three and a half or goes down to three. You can guarantee this will be one of me and Chad's best five picks. Well, right now you're right. I mean, again, so early, all the bets, all the money coming in on the Packers. In fact, uh, we've got a line change, line change back to the old days with Scooch. I'm, look, I'm looking at the board on actionnetwork.com and it tracks everything. I'm looking at the, uh, the public betting page on actionnetwork.com. Everyone should check it out because it tells me in real time when lines change. And so literally, as we were talking, the price on the Packers at plus three and a half changed, meaning that uh, it's headed towards going to minus three. So that's really interesting. I love this number. I love this game. It's not that I am saying this is like one of my favorite bets of the weekend, but it's one of the few times where I'm betting a favorite. I'm feeling really confident about that favorite that it's it's too too much slanted towards the other side where. Green Bay, they, I think they have major issues. Like they were literally down 17 to 14 to that Lions team um, who we don't think is that good. So it's too, it's going to be too much for them to overcome in this situation. We've loved the last four games. We loved Miami plus four. We love the Rams plus one. We love the Vikes plus two. We like the Niners minus three and a half. Not to mention, we already like the Jags plus seven and a half, the Chargers plus six and a half, the Bengals plus four and a half was as Simon says, Baltimore plus minus seven and a half. I mean, Jesus Christ, Simon, we're all over the fucking board here. Last, I, I make a lot of bets, man, early in the week. It's what I do. That's what we do. It's what we do. <laughs> and now a word from our friends at FanDuel. The NFL is back and FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play. That's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every week. All you have to do is bet a same-game parlay bet with three legs or more. And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to $10. For example, on Thursday night, I'm considering Carolina Moneyline. The first half over and Christian McCaffrey rushing yards over. Just look for SGP icons on any matchup and you'll know it's eligible for same game parlays. I love betting at FanDuel because it's America's number one sportsbook app. I get paid out fast when I win and there's no feeling like nailing a same game parlay bet. So lock in your bets today on FanDuel Sportsbook and get up to 10 bucks back if your bet doesn't win. New to FanDuel Sportsbook? They're also offering a risk-free $1,000 bet if you prefer that. Just sign up with promo code FAVORITES and if your first bet loses, you get up to $1,000 back in site credit. That's promo code FAVORITES. Must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refunds issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund, $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. 
Same game parlays available for multiple sports in all states on both mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, New Jersey, Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. Let's get back to the show. Last game on the board. Philadelphia Eagles at Dallas Cowboys. Monday night, you just said the Eagles were looking ahead potentially in that Niners game. Four-point dogs on the road. Got to take the Eagles here. Uh, coin flip game. Eagles aren't as bad as they looked in that game. They, the, uh, the you know, Hurts had a touchdown. It was a deep ball. The guy had gone out of balance and caught it. They had another deep ball where the guy took it all the way down. He got tackled at like the five or the six, and they couldn't put four tries in from the one and score on that drive. I, I, I will admit it. I was too down on this Dallas Dallas defense coming of the year. Um, it seems like they have made the right adjustments with Gus Bradley. He's he's come in and really reshaped this Dallas defense. Also, don't want to give him too much credit. Um, the Chargers kind of laid an egg in that game, so. I, I like this with the Eagles will always kind of being in this matchup and always being in this game, especially the fact that they're on the road now um, after a really tough loss like that. It's kind of not the perfect situation for the Eagles to be in, but it is because now this is like, you know, a must win game for this team against someone I expect them to compete against in the, the divisional race here. So it's going to, it's up to four now, a lot of books with the Eagles. You take that number in a divisional matchup and, I would wait on it. I think you could actually get this up to four and a half because the public will keep coming on Dallas, especially after that big win last week for them. The Dallas fan base, they love to bet on their team. So you, you might be able to get a better number here when the public just keeps coming on the Cowboys here. But I need to see more from this Eagles team before I can make an opinion on it. So I'm, I'm good with taking the Eagles, but I would not put this as my favorite five. I, I probably would uh, stay away from this one. Yep. All right. To review, big balls, bet of the week. We're going with the Niners minus three and a half. The Simon Says bet is the Bengals plus four and a half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've narrowed down our early bets list that we will discuss on Thursday and winnow it down even more. Chargers uh, at the Chiefs plus six and a half. The uh, Jags, which is gross, plus seven and a half at home against Arizona. Baltimore at Detroit. Then we got to run. In the late games, we got to run. Miami plus four and a half at Las Vegas Rams plus one at home against the Bucks. Vikes plus two at home against the Seahawks Niners minus three and a half at home against the Packers. We'll review all this on Thursday. Let me read you a review. This is from help me. I'm broke. And it's like this person reached into my soul and said the meanest thing they could possibly say to five-star review titled Chad is like Matt Nagy. Chad disagreeing with Simon, who is the professional NFL better on picks like Denver minus three is just like Matt Nagy thinking Andy Dalton gives the bears a better chance to win over Justin Fields. Thankfully, most listeners are not like Chad and Matt Nagy. We listen to the professional better. Matt Mitchell uh, slacked that to me and you last night. My only comment was this is the most hurtful thing anyone has ever said to me. Any response to that? Matt Mitchell, Simon, all these reviews, I was reading through a bunch of them. They're just hilarious. Some of these people, but I'm, I'm sorry, Chad, that the truth does hurt a little bit. I'm not fucking Matt Nagy. I'm not a cover my ass coach. Okay. I go big risk. Nobody can say I don't go big risk. And I'll remind you that the most hurtful comments I've ever read is when that guy called me the Cliff Kingsbury of podcast producers. 
Words can hurt too, listeners. Words can hurt. That's too. right. Words can hurt. Comparisons to coaches that we can't stand can really hurt. All right. I think we've done it all. We'll be back on Thursday. We will narrow down our picks. We will talk about our survivor until Thursday for Simon Hunter. I am Chad Millman. This has been the Favorites Podcast. Download us from Apple Podcasts. Download us from Spotify, wherever you can get your podcasts. Until Thursday, love you. <laughs>